Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Do you really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fusion Cell. It's uh, a new edition. We're doing interviews now, and I have the infamous Bobby Powell with me. <laughs> Bobby, welcome to the Fusion Cell. How are you doing well, today? I'm fine, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> infamous, maybe. <yeah. laughs> the most wanted, but <laughs> not infamous. You know, a little this, a little that. <laughs> um, now, uh, you are a veteran. You're a Marine veteran. Can you tell me a little bit about your service before we start? Uh, well, it doesn't come anywhere close to Jeremy's. Uh, I only served a single single tour in the Marine Corps. I was a, a mortar gunner assigned to uh, 1st Battalion, 3rd Marines Weapons Company uh, in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Uh, never saw any combat. Ronald Reagan was my commander-in-chief, and the world feared us then. So, uh, I was at the tip of the spear, but I never got to join the club, if you know what I mean. Now, do you feel, as Jeremy does, that you took your oath when you became a military member and that's why you're doing what you do today? Or how do you feel about that? No, absolutely. I don't recall being given an expiration date. Okay. I, I, I feel swore- the same. Sorry. When I held up my hand, I'm sorry, that's okay. When I held up my hand as a as a 16-year-old Marine recruit, I swore to defend this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And and uh, as I said, I was not given an expiration date. And other men uh, who who have taken this oath or or haven't taken it at all, you know, might might have uh you know, just forgotten about what happened after January 6th. Matter of fact, a lot of the politicians that I've spoken with on the Republican side of the aisle want to uh, forget about January 6th. They figure that it's the best way to win 2024 is to let the January 6th prisoners rot in jail and just move on. I was literally told this at Clay Clark's reawakening tour in Miami uh, a couple of months ago. Okay. And this is from somebody that would know. So, you know, we can't count on politicians to honor their oaths because, you know, it's, it's, it's called a truism. How do you know when a politician is lying? His lips are moving. Okay. Mm -hmm. They, they have one goal in mind to, to preserve their own power, basically promote their own agenda. They don't care about the truth. They're scared of it. 
That's really and exciting to hear. It is. Okay, January 6, 2021, my fiance and I woke up at zero dark 30 and uh, went to watch the and record and broadcast the president's speech at, at the on, on the ellipse and even getting there at six five 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 thirty six o'clock in the morning we couldn't get anywhere near it was all it was packed the, the front area so we were about halfway between the white house and the washington monument i was there with another person uh, who I'm not going to name because he's irrelevant. Okay. Okay. But we were, re we were getting, uh, basically the same footage. Okay. Okay. So I told him, look, you stay here and, uh, and, and keep recording the president's speech. I'm going to start walking down to the Capitol early so that I can get video of three quarters of a million people walking straight at me, which is what I got. I was successful in that mission. But by the time I got to the capital, and, and remember, I left 20 minutes before, uh, no, probably more than a half an hour before the president ended his speech. And by the time I got to the capital, the West Side was already under attack. Okay, now my fiance had had knee surgery just a couple of months before and she was having problems walking so we decided to bypass the west side despite my journalistic curiosity to see what was going on we were we couldn't really see anything just a big commotion heard some what we heard thought were firecrackers you know but we didn't know they were flashbangs so we went around the north side of the capitol and there was and a crowd had already started beginning to form at those steps just going up to the columbus doors now instead of going to the apartment where for lack of a better word if we had maintained a forward operating base which was just on the north east side of the capitol i put my fiance into the back of a department of homeland security pickup truck and i told her to sit right there you will be safe I will go do my job and then we will go home. So the crowd, there's, there were two waves of, uh, protesters. And I was, I, I was like maybe four or five back. I was holding my press credentials in the air with my, uh, cell phone and there were no hands flying. Okay. It was just a line of Capitol Hill police officers standing guard at the base of the steps and protesters were yelling at them okay chanting trump 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 usa usa all this kind of stuff and then the capitol police just started beating people started hitting them over the head with the sticks and people immediately overwhelmed them because who's going to put up with that they're just standing there peacefully and 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 protesting making their voices heard and the Capitol police just start beating them with their nightsticks. Okay. So you saw that with your own eyes that they, they were, I did. I not only saw it with my own eyes, I recorded it on a camera. Okay. And during when the rush occurred, 
to go to go surge past these police officers, I was knocked down. Uh, and I was knocked down right next to this 70-year-old Air Force veteran, a, a little lady, about five foot nothing, right? And uh, I just put my arm around her head and I said, honey, let's just stay right here. Let this crowd pass us by. I think this is the safest place for us to be right now. So that's what we did, maybe two minutes. And then the majority of the crowd had already reached the top of the Capitol steps. And by the way, the uh, magnetic locks on the uh, Columbus doors were still sealed at this time. Okay, nobody, they were not open. So I get to the top of the steps. And as soon as I get there at 2.08 p.m. Okay. Oh, I, I got to go back. When I was knocked down, I lost a can that camera. It was in, it's in now in the possession of the FBI. And I've, I've FOIA'd and asked for that back and they won't let me have it. <laughs> but they for sure have it. You oh yeah, they, they, they do. Uh, because you know how Apple has the uh, track my iPhone thing, right? Okay. Use, I, I, I use my other phone to, uh, well, to track it. And it went right to a security office in, inside, inside the Capitol. Okay. And so, you know, it went from my possession at the bottom at the bottom of these steps to the security office in the Capitol. I don't know within a, about a half an hour. Okay. But anyway, I had four other cameras with me that day. <laughs> as a big <laughs> as, yes, redund there's no such thing as redundancy when it comes to uh, ammunition or or uh, photographic equipment. You can never have enough. Okay, so so exactly 208, that's when I started recording at the top of the steps. I hear a, a ruckus of the smashing of glass to my right, and an Antifa guy by the name of uh, Hunter Emke was smashing a, cap a window to a Capitol, uh, a Senate office. And he was righteously taken down by Capitol Hill police officers because you shouldn't be doing that. Right. Okay. Yes. Obviously he was, obviously he was committing a crime and he was arrested and detained and get this. They took his driver's license and they let him go. Now, tactically that was a smart decision. I mean, how are they going to maintain they eight, police officers how are they going to maintain control of a prisoner when there's a whole bunch of other people uh yelling at him you know you're not taking him okay we are going through that window so they let him go and uh he was arrested at his home in california a couple of weeks later and he spent a week at or a, a year at home on an ankle monitor in his basement, eating hot pockets and, and playing Call of Duty before his trial came up, he was sentenced to four months in prison. That's it. So now after eight, these eight Capitol Hill police officers let Emke go, they were standing around guarding that window for about 10 or 15 minutes. And they receive a transmission over their radio asking, how many defenders do you have at that window? And they replied, eight. 
and I walk up to uh, one of the uh, Capitol Hill police officers, and I said, brother, there are nine defenders here. I swore an oath to protect this nation from all enemies, foreign and domestic, and nobody's going through this window on my watch. So if you need some backup, all you got to do is let me know, and I'm there for you. And he thanked me, and and I got back to you know filming. Trans a second radio transmission telling them to displace to leave a broken window completely undefended with a mob threatening to go inside. Which is what they did. They walked away. Do you know, uh, excuse me, do you know who gave that order? Who was talking on the radio? It was just a dispatcher. I foiled the uh, uh, radio transmissions, but uh, they were, the FOIA request was denied. Uh, but 90 seconds, nine zero seconds after those police officers left the area, turning around and, and picking up some uh, some pieces of glass, right? Because you know, I, I, I didn't know what started this. I, I knew it was a momentous event in history. I, I just wanted to take home a few souvenirs. <laughs> I didn't know what started it. I didn't know how it was going to end. But uh, I wanted some, something to uh, take home with me. So I was picking up some glass, picking up trash and, and whatnot. When I hear a crunching sound on my right-hand side. And a voice asking me, why don't you guys open up the rest of it and go inside? I said, well, that would probably be illegal. And he says, well, I know, but, and then the audio kind of trails off and you can't understand what, what else he said. But the crunching of the glass got so loud. I mean, it was loud because uh, he was beating the crap out of that window. And it forced me to turn around just in the nick of time to capture this man who was dressed in paramilitary gear had a an earpiece in face mask uh pulling this window completely from its frame uh if you want to uh go ahead and roll that epic times video
I'm just picking up garbage. Okay, go ahead and pause it. Now, as of this day, what is it? Uh, November 1st, 2023. Yeah. The FBI has not uploaded a single second of the 29 minutes of HD video that I provided them Jan January 15th, 2021. I have volunteered to come in and give them an interview and all of the video that I shot on the 5th, 6th, and 7th six times over the last two and a half years each offer has been refused so i, I uh yeah the last the last thing that the fbi wants is for my video to get in front of a federal judge uh we'll talk about that though later because they kind of yeah. failed on that one you saw that that man pulled the glass from the window yes okay and then I had to break from reporter mode when another Antifa by the name of Gavin Kroll, the redheaded kid with the sunglasses who tried to rush in, yeah. uh, I, I wasn't going to allow it. I don't care if you're wearing a mega hat or carrying a Trump flag or an American flag. It doesn't make any difference to me. The Capitol is a place that you just don't break into. Nobody was going through a broken window during a riot at the United States Capitol on my watch. It just wasn't going to happen. Got in, got in the way and and captured video that that man uh, pulling the glass and, and Gavin Kroll trying to walk in. And there were a couple of other people that I kept out, but I was too busy keeping them out to uh, be recording it. So, uh, let's go on to suspicious actor number two. Let me ask you before we go on, uh, what do you think was said between those two? Between uh, I know exactly what was said because Gavin Kroll saw my video and contacted me. And I, re I interviewed him. You can find it on my uh, Rumble channel at uh, Bobby Powell, T The Truth is Viral on Rumble. Okay. Uh, I think the title is something like uh, Federal Officer Assaults GC Protester, something like that. Uh, but anyway, during this interview, Kroll told me that that man in black blamed him 
for tearing out the window. He says, why did you break out that window? What are you doing that? Why? Well, who do you think you are? Because now he, this guy in black, he didn't realize, <clears throat> I'm assuming, I'm, I'm, this is just, it's just mo the most logical thing. He did not know how long my camera had been rolling on him. So he was trying to cover his own ass and blame the kid in the red in the redheaded kid with the uh, sunglasses. And let me tell you something: Gavin Kroll's no no uh, angel, innocent. Mm -hmm. he, he's not. He's an anarchist. I, when I was in uh, Washington D.C. testifying for uh, one of the defendants in a trial, I saw a video of him outskirts of the East Side tearing down barricades. Okay. So he's he's no angel either, and he's also a convicted child molester. This is something uh. that I this is something that I did not know at the time that uh, I interviewed him. Or else uh, you wouldn't you didn't or else maybe on the day if you'd have known that you'd have said you should jump through that window. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably thrown him off the balcony. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't like child molesters. I love my kids. I've got five of them. If anybody ever hurt any one of them, God help them. Now, if you'll start that uh, Epic Times video again, we'll get on to the second federal agent that uh, I recorded attacking the Capitol. He's holding the Columbus doors open with a pole, and he was pushing me inside, or trying to push me inside. Let it go. that he's pushing me okay you can actually see the forward motion of my camera and that's why uh my my video was relevant in the case of usv nancy barron because she was pushed into the Capitol by this same man. Okay, go let her go ahead and let it roll. Okay, now comes my favorite part. He drops his pole, reaches down to pick it up. And as soon as he stands up, he gets hit in the face with a pepper ball. I hope it hurt. <laughs> now, the person helping him, could you tell if they were together? Uh, no, I was actually blinded. What, what saved me basically was nothing short of miraculous because as he was trying to push me into the Capitol, the Senate doors, uh, 
the, to the Senate chamber swung open and a formation of uh, Capitol Hill police came out and started squirting. This is like, it's like, uh, well, they were firing pepper balls using all kinds of different chemical irritants. I got uh, a liquid in my face. I was functionally blind when I was taking that video. So I consider it nothing less than divine intervention because I was able to catch good video of this guy nice and close up. But again, as of today, the FBI has not uploaded a single image or a single second of either one of those two men to their FBI database, their YouTube page, or their Facebook page. They're putting up all kinds of fuzzy images of people milling around outside, not doing a whole bunch of nothing. But uh, they, they don't want they don't care about looking for these two guys. Did you hear uh, at any time a notice to disperse? No, at any I did time. Not. No, there was no. I mean, we had no cell service either. But there's speakers all over the Capitol. Well, yeah, there there are speakers all over the Capitol, and you know you could hear the alarm going off. Uh, but there was no order to disperse. I mean, it just was a melee that that broke out, and and nobody did anything about it. Okay. None you know, of those police officers, I mean, they're standing right there in front of that window we just saw. And right. none of them said anything to anyone it looked like, at least in your presence. No, they didn't. Well, they spoke to each other, but they were whispering in each other's ears, right? That's why I, I wasn't I wasn't privy to what they were saying at the, during the 10 to 15 minutes that they were standing there and guarding that window. But nothing uh, publicly, nothing to the crowd, nothing like that. So, no. Okay. Not, 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 so not even, not even was it not broadcast over a lot of loudspeakers. They, the officers themselves didn't say a word to the people that uh, were saying that they were going to go into the Capitol. Since January 6th, and God, if you want to, I'm telling you, if you want to make God laugh, tell him about the plans for your life. Because after 36 years as a journalist, I was supposed to retire on january 7th okay <laughs> and and is, is not this much a, not much was, of a retirement <laughs> was this the most um I, I mean maybe the biggest event you'd ever been to or the most chaotic or you know how could you compare oh. this event to all the others that you've been through, through your, throughout your career well i i'm not a riot journalist i i'm just not the kind of guy that goes looking for trouble in the streets, you know, you know, Antifa fighting proud boys or whatever. I, that, that's, that's not my thing. After January 6th, the standing rock protest was, uh, the biggest thing that I'd covered. Uh, at least as far as national news goes, I've broken a lot of local stories, uh, my very first story fell into my lap on my first day as the editor of the Palm City Mirror in uh, 1987. Uh, young boy by the name of Todd Patrick Neely, he's 16 years old, had been accused and convicted of attempted rape and attempted murder. He was convicted in a, in a bench trial somehow. Uh, but, you know, I, and he, he went to his lawyer's office after his conviction and that's where the press gaggle was you know waiting for him asking questions and, and everybody's asking him stupid stuff right 
but I'm taking him seriously because he said that he was at a, a, a bar restaurant uh, 15 miles away at the same time that the woman, her name was Linda Zavatsky, I believe, was being attacked. And I know from personal experience, because I lived in this area, and I DJed at the same, I, I wrote for the newspaper in the, in the daytime and DJed in the clubs at night, but I DJed in that same club every Sunday. So I know how long it takes to drive from Stewart to Palm City. Okay. okay. There's, and the prosecution had said that Neely gave his family, he was going outside to smoke a cigarette while they were having dessert, got in his car, raced, must have been at least 120 miles an hour over curvy roads like this, right? Uh, and attacked this woman and then raced 120 miles an hour back to uh, before his family noticed that he was missing and somehow he got convicted. Well, it took a year of investigations. I, I'd started working with his with a private investigator that the family had hired. And we eventually found uh, what they call canvas sheets when a crime occurs, you know, how cops go door to door, you know, asking if anybody had seen anything. Yeah. And the Martin County assistant prosecutor's name is Peter Neal had, he had charged and convicted Neely. Okay. Already. And, but he had these canvas sheets and he had, had not, he had not brought forth this exculpatory evidence because he wanted a conviction. The canvas sheets identified another, young man by the name of Dennis Rather, who lived in this woman's apartment complex, who had a history of being a peeping Tom. Okay. So uh, we eventually found out that it was him and Todd Patrick Neely was, his conviction was overturned. He was released with the apologies of the court and eventually won a $3 million lawsuit. And Assistant State Attorney Peter Neal lost his job and eventually lost his license to practice law. I, I assume that he's wow. uh, sp spraying Lysol in the bowling shoes in Texas or something. But uh, I kind of ruined his career and saved a young boy from spending 20 years in prison at the same time. And I've been chasing that feeling ever since. Wow. So, uh, the, so like the first year that you started and then now the last day story. of your career. <laughs> it's like, well, I think that's yeah, that, you stay in the game, stay in the fight. Well, he he can he can help me. He's given. I've had six <laughs> heart attacks since January sixth. It's not been easy, you know, because this footage is so explosive. Nobody wants to touch it. It's radioactive. Uh, I've known Sebastian Gorka's wife, Catherine for years, as well as you can know anybody on it as a Facebook friend, right? Okay. So I sent this video, this video to uh, Catherine Gorka to give to Sebastian Gorka. I think it was the 12th of uh, January. Uh, same day I gave it to Sean Hannity. I knew That's Sean Hannity. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I've I realized that now. <laughs> Uh, I thought Sean Hannity was a good guy. Apparently he's not. But I had direct access to his executive producer because uh, the radio station that I worked for up in uh, up in Michigan is, is Matt DiPerno, who was who uncovered the uh, voting irregularities in Antrim County and you know started that whole 
rigmarole and ran for uh, attorney general uh, Michigan in, in 2020 and lost. But uh, so I got the, I got Hannity's producer's phone number from Matt and off to the races. Mm -hmm. His producer, Stephanie Wolishan, very pretty young lady with not a single ounce of brains in her head. Uh, <laughs> she lies to me for months about why this footage is not appearing on Fox News. You can also see and hear our conversations on my Rumble channel. Bobby Powell, The Truth is Viral on Rumble. Okay. Uh, Sean, it's Sean Hannity, Deep State Gatekeeper. Say it isn't so. So, uh, yeah, she lied to me for months about uh, why, why, why that video hadn't appeared on Fox News. And uh, finally came to a head when I put her on the air and, the, and everybody listening in northern Michigan <laughs> heard me say, now, Stephanie, I've been telling my listeners and, and viewers on, on my uh, Internet show for months that Sean Hannity is has got this video. He's on the case and this is going to bust wide open any second. Now they're starting to call me a liar and I can't have that. So yeah. I said, Stephanie, would you mind telling the estimated 150,000 people listening to this conversation live on the air right now, why that video has not been shown on Fox? Click. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew, I knew by that point that there was no use in, in engaging with her further. And I, and I didn't care. He's no good. Sean Handy, no. where not at all. And you've given it to a lot of other people too that haven't done oh, anything yeah. with it. Oh yeah. By email, I contacted Senator Josh Hawley on uh through his aide Ben Grunder on March third, two thousand twenty-one, and gave him the video. I ran into Hawley at CPAC 22 in Orlando, when I personally handed him a three-page written narrative with a thumb drive wrapped inside and, uh, you know, told him my story real quickly. And so, and he had this, so he's had this video when he was questioning Christopher Ray. were there any undercover federal agents in the, uh, in the crowd? And, and, and Holly didn't use it. Okay. I gave it to uh, Kirsten Cinema's office responded at the same time. So, got a Democrat senator that also has it. I've since either by registered letter or by physically placing a thumb drive in the January 6th package in their hand, I have given this video to 18 members of Congress and four of them sit on the weaponization committee. Uh, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, uh, Greg Stubbe, and Thomas Massey. Okay, now Marjorie Taylor Green also Kevin. Oh yeah. Green. Oh yeah, you've got the you you're getting a little bit ahead of me, but yeah, they Marjorie Taylor Green, Kevin McCarthy, Louis Gomert, they've all signed for, for packages. Uh Speaker McCarthy signed for a package. This is all before December of 2021. Okay. Uh Matt Gates got his first copy at a Trump rally in Sarasota on July 3rd, 2021, when I handed it to him, I handed it to Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. 
I also handed it to uh, Michigan, or not Michigan, but uh, Florida GOP Chairman uh, Christian Ziegler. And I also sent Christian Ziegler a uh, uh, a registered letter, and uh, sent Gates a second let re registered letter. These people will not call me back. Matter of fact, know I, I know, I know that Christian. Why do you Christian, think this is, well, do you think in, this is Bobby? Oh, you know, we're we're looking at uh, actual evidence of. FBI agents or whatever. Okay. This guy is a bad actor. He's blaming his actions on someone else. It's very clear that he should at least be investigated. He's not being investigated in any way. You're showing our representatives that we pay our tax money to represent us to in the, the only ones with the power to investigate when there's a miscarriage of justice, or if there's something, we think something fishy is going on. They're the only ones with the power to do so. What? Why would they not even talk? Scared to death. Give you an answer or anything. Scared to death. They don't want to uh, cross the deep state. Of course, I don't care. <laughs> I'm old. Uh, I'm Christian. If something happens to me when I die, I know where I'm going. I'm going on a 10,000 year fishing trip with Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's going to be some fun. So that doesn't scare me. Some of these people uh, pretend to do something about it, right? They have their committees and they, they bring in some of the defendants uh, from January 6th. They bring in some of the family members to speak. They even talk about releasing the tapes. You know, they hold it out like a carrot. We're going to re release the tapes with this next speaker. You just wait. Yeah. But yet they well, don't. Remember, politicians, lips, moving, lying. So uh, I was successfully able to get the video on uh, Greg Kelly's show on Newsmax one time. And then his uh, producers won't return any of my communications. Uh, it's been on, on Dan Ball, uh, One American News Network, twice. He's actually got me scheduled to come on again. So Dan Ball's got some... Huevos, let's say. Uh, <laughs> Dan, the newsman, but as I said, once I once I gave the video to these politicians, they've all ghosted me. They won't return my phone calls. I call and leave messages. I call and talk to staff members. I've called Lauren, Lauren Bobert's office uh, probably thirty six times, and and you know tried trying to get some answers and and. Uh, I'm getting up. Has anyone asked but, you to be to be quiet? Oh yeah. Now we get to the good part. Uh, after my hit on Greg Kelly's show, I uh, my friend in air quotes now, Congressman Kerry Bentivoglio, uh, former Michigan representative from uh, from Bay City, and I uh, were formulating a plan to get this video directly to president trump i mean the guy's a, a former u.s congressman he's obviously got phone numbers in in his uh rolodex or whatever that i couldn't possibly have access to so we meet at a rib shack in bay city and after the initial pleasantries are over with you know how's the wife how was church this morning uh how are the grandkids and all this we order our uh barbecue and uh K 
Carrie says, hey, Bobby, what would it take to get you to stop talking about your January 6th video? And I said, Carrie, why would I do that? You know, it, it proves that uh, undercover federal agents, regardless of what agency they work for, whether it's FBI, HSI, or Homeland Security Investigations, or CIA, you know, whoever, proves that Trump people were not responsible for the, for the uh, quote-unquote insurrection. And Carrie Bentivoglio told me, because Ron Weiser wants you to. And I said, why would the chairman of the Michigan Republican Party want me to stop talking about a video that exonerates President Trump? Kerry mm -hmm. did not reply to that question. But he did say, how about $100,000? <laughs> I kind of laughed a little bit. And I said, Kerry, you're, you're blowing my mind, okay? You got to be kidding me. And, and he looks me dead in the eyes. How about $200,000? Would that be enough? Okay. Now, at this moment, I'm realizing that my friend is actually offering me a bribe to suppress this footage and send it down the memory hole. Mm. So I told him, yeah. I told him, look, Carrie, you go back and you tell Ron Weiser that he doesn't have enough money to buy my honor or my silence. You can tell Ron Weiser that if he wants me to stop talking about this video, he's going to have to have me killed. At which point, Congressman Bentivoglio said, that could be arranged. And six weeks later, on the anniversary of January 6th, I'm standing outside the uh, Pinellas County Courthouse. I was showing my video. Uh, I purchased a projector and a, a big screen so that I could show my video to audiences wherever I go. Just after I had finished showing this video, the police started uh, moving everybody out of the area. They said, there's a suspicious device in the area. And I said, I walked up to a police officer and I said, who, who reported this suspicious device? And he said, a supervisor and walked away. At first I thought they were just rousting us, right? Because, yeah. because of, you know, who Jeremy Brown was and, and the crimes that he was falsely accused of. So, it wasn't until afterwards, the next day, when Tampa Bay 10 came out with uh, with their report, and uh, Sheriff Bob Galtieri, Pinellas County Sheriff, said that the uh, explosive device that uh, Garrett James Smith you know, got to keep all these names straight yeah. had brought had brought to these had brought to the rally, but you know he he run he started to run away. And has attracted attention of police. That's why they arrested him. Okay, he, apparently he just lost his nerve at the last second. So again, God was protecting us. Uh, but uh, anyway, he was arrested. Sheriff Bob Galtieri, next day of press conference, said that the device was very destructive, could have hurt a lot of people, and uh, said that Smith had no social media history. Allegedly, he was born on January 6, 2000. I mean, what 20-year-old 
do you know that has no social media history whatsoever? But uh, Sheriff Bob Galtieri, Pinellas County, confirmed that he had just returned from Portland, where he had attended uh, terrorist training in an Antifa camp. <clears throat> and this, you have a video of this on your Substack, just so everybody right. knows. Okay. Right. So all this information, any receipts that you care to see, the receipts from all the uh, registered letters that I've sent, video of me handing this uh, video that I recorded of federal agents attacking the Capitol to basically everyone with a pulse, you yeah. can find it all at bobbypowell.substack.com. Uh, so anyway, Garrett James Smith, who apparently is a transgender incel of some type, who had changed his name legally to Jordan Hanna <laughs> the hey. month before, he kept his mouth shut for an entire week until the FBI came to his rescue. And all of a sudden, the Pinellas County bomb squad is a bunch of amateurs who can't tell an explosive device from a smoke bomb, which is what the ATF said that it was. Okay, and uh, here's an interesting little aside. It's a it's a project that I've been working on for less 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 little bit. I because I have to know. I, I'm, I'm an information sponge, and I, I'm, they need to ring me out, and news goes everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I wanted to know because even a hoax bomb in the state of Florida is a felony. Okay, okay. so I wanted to know why uh, why the Pinellas County Sheriff said that one one day he says it's a bomb that could have hurt hurt a lot of people, and then the next week they the FBI lets him go. Uh, and the only charge he's left with was prowling. Okay. And they, and they say that the device wasn't, uh, wasn't effective. Uh, it was just a novelty smoke device. After I produced the show about that attempted bombing, I was sent video from one of my viewers that showed Garrett James Smith in Washington, DC on January 6th. He'd been pulled off a hippies for Trump bus and uh, a couple of people on the bus were arrested for guns and drugs. But Garrett James Smith was magically allowed to go on his way. Really? And video later shows him in the presence of Ray Epps, no less attacking barriers and attacking police officers. So this kid, Garrett James Smith, or let, let, let's be politically correct. Let's call him Jordan Hanna because he's a little bit of a wussy, okay? Uh, <laughs> he is an FBI asset. Yes. The FBI uses Antifa all the time. So they, they, came, they came to his rescue twice. First, when um, D.C. Metro pulled over the bus on uh, the original January 6th and then after he tried to uh, blow up our vigil for Jeremy on the anniversary of Jeremy's on January 6th, one year later. Wow. Where's, is that footage on your Substack as well? Um, to see yeah. him coming off that hippie bus? Wow. 
It sure is. You know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck now. Uh, as, I, as I said, over this, since January 6th, I've had six heart attacks. And it's kind of slowed me down a little bit. Marines never give up. We never surrender. But it has slowed me down quite a bit. Uh, the last one that I had, and this is, this is going to blow everybody's mind. The last person that I gave my January 6th video to was General Michael Flynn, December of last year. I had had a had my fifth heart attack, I think it's like two weeks before, and I'm and I was wearing a defibrillator vest in the event of sudden cardiac death, <laughs> according to my cardiologist. So whenever it would, you know, if it detected a heart attack, it would automatically shock you, right? Mm -hmm. Shock you back into the science rhythm. Uh, while I'm waiting in line to give this video to General Flynn, my vest starts vibrating, kind of warning me that it's about to deliver an electric shock. Okay. But the battery pack has a delay button on it. So I kept on pressing that delay button until I could hand that video and the, 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 it, by now it's a four page written narrative directly to General Flynn and his brother, Joe. So I went back in, <laughs> right back in the hospital and, and that last heart attack nearly killed me. I, it's been, well, almost a year now and Damn, Bobby, I'm still, you are I'm, I'm still, I'm still suffering from, from the effects. Uh, when I was testifying in Washington, D.C., in uh, I testified in two trials so far, Nancy Bar U.S. v. Nancy Barron and United States versus Ryan Zink. Uh, my video was relevant because Nancy Barron says that she was pushed into the Capitol by the same guy that was trying to push me in. Okay. Uh, and my video of those police officers walking away from the window shows Ryan Zink standing on, so on top of a pedestal, taking pictures with telephoto lens so that he can see inside the, the Capitol. So that's how it was relevant in his case. What, did and, your testimony have any impact on the, on the cases that you testified in? Uh, no, you're not going to get any justice with the D.C. jury. And uh, as a matter of fact, the judges were, uh, well, let me start with uh, U.S. v. Nancy Barron. Okay. The prosecution fought for six hours to keep my video out of evidence and me off the stand. They threatened me with prosecution just for being there as a reporter, doing my job. Not causing any violence. I didn't even go inside the Capitol. I was just taking video outside. Right. The only reason that I'm not in the gulag, haven't been arrested, is because I caught video of federal agents attacking the Capitol. Owen Schroyer was much further away from uh, from the East Steps from from that action than I was. I mean, I was I was closer. If Owen Schroyer gets arrested. Why wouldn't I be arrested? 
because mm -hmm. the, the federal government does not want my video to be seen and entered into evidence. Well, they failed in the Nancy, in the Nancy, uh, Barron trial and and I was allowed to testify but I wasn't allowed to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth the judge far Farkawi, I believe was the judge's name in Nancy's case uh before the jury even come in he said I could not mention the words Antifa he said I could not say undercover federal agent uh you know, he just placed a whole lot of restrictions on what I could and could not do. I said, okay, I'll, I'll try to do my best to abide by him. The prosecution says, Mr. Powell, isn't it true that you're being paid to testify here today? I said, no. <laughs> I said, well, how did you get here? The lawyer for Nancy Barron paid for my plane ticket. Where are you staying? I'm staying at the lawyer's apartment. Isn't it true, Mr. Powell, that you have a Gibson Go of $18,000? said, okay, yeah, I do. So I've spent my entire life savings, $100,000, had to sell my house, and I don't know if you can tell or not, but I'm kind of living in a fifth wheel right now. Gotcha. Going around Florida, showing my video to... Uh, Anybody that'll that'll watch it, the Pinellas County Patriots saw it just two weeks ago. I had mugs, the the same, and you know where mugs is, right? Yes. So uh, I've given, I told her, I've given everything for this moment in time to get this video into the record because nobody wants to touch it. I was under surveillance physical surveillance the entire time that I was in Washington, D.C. I'm sure that the FBI is all up in my electronics. I occasionally send them a, uh, or send myself an email from two different uh, accounts with a uh, picture of a mortar gunner sticking up a middle finger while the mortar rounds shooting out and say, hey, dear FBI, go F yourself. Uh, <laughs> So, but I was being physically surveilled the entire time that I was in Washington, D.C. for both trials. And I'll tell you how I know. I got a picture of one of the guys that was tailing me. And uh, this is the second trial, uh, USV Ryan Zink. I had, had found out by now that you can't take a lighter into a federal courthouse. So as I'm leaving to testify in, in the zinc case, I dropped my lighter in a flower pot outside of uh, the lawyer's apartment. And when I returned later that day, every flower in that pot had been torn out. I guess they thought that I was some kind of a spy with leaving a thumb drive or dead drop for the Z Russians or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, the federal government owes a bunch of flowers <laughs> to the, the apartment complex yeah. where the lawyer was staying because they totally destroyed that flower pot looking for whatever it was. And all it was was a lighter. So, <laughs> cool. so I remember that. Yeah, D.C. is a and they've got that geofencing going on. Um, they're capturing everyone's identity and data who's within, I don't know what the the mileage is, but you get in, any step foot in D.C. and you're definitely getting tracked for sure. Oh, it's yeah. It's a snake stand over there. And in my case, I'm getting tracked down here. Uh, I bought a uh, bug sniffer 
so okay. that uh, you know, every every other day or so, I check out my truck. I check out my fifth wheel, make sure that there are no electronic listening devices. I haven't found one yet, and I hope I never do. But uh, the actions of the FBI over since January six in in as far as my relationship with them has shown me that they cannot be trusted. Did I tell you that I had offered to come in and sit down with them six times yeah. since January 6th? And uh, on top of that, now, now at, after a few times of being refused, I filed complaints with the FBI's Office of Professional Responsibility okay. and, the, and the Department of Justice Inspector General. I've done it twice for each office since mm -hmm. January 6th. Haven't heard a word back from any of them. I'm sure. Nothing. Have you seen the movie Police State? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, but it was produced by Nick Searcy. He's a, he's a good guy, and and we've got a we've got a good relationship. Matter of fact, my video appeared in his first movie, uh, Capital Punishment. So yeah, I, I, I no, I haven't had the chance to see the Police State yet, but I do plan to. If Nick Cersei's got anything to do with it, it's going to be a good production. It just goes hand in hand with what you're saying that we can't trust uh, the FBI. They give multiple examples. January 6th is just one, but they show um, kind of the behind the scenes of what's going on inside the office and where are they getting that information from? The FBI whistleblowers, Steve Friend and uh, Kyle Serafin. And then they have yep. a couple other people that they talk about <laughs> the movie as well. And then they talk about, you know, the the moms at the school board meeting that got their doors rammed in and, you know, the, uh, the guy in front of Planned Parenthood and, you know, like it just, it is a web that they're weaving. And January 6th is one piece of that. But what's important about January 6th is that we have a, a lot of our brothers and sisters being persecuted uh, and being political prisoners right now. So that's of the utmost importance. Those people uh, have had their freedoms taken away. Absolutely. Stamped the, uh, the Sixth Amendment doesn't apply anymore. It, neither does the, the Eighth or the Fourth. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we know that the FBI planted those hand grenades in Jeremy's trailer. Okay. You, you, you just don't take ordinance from a military installation. It just doesn't happen unless you're like, oh, I got a funny story to tell you. 1981, I was standing guard at the uh, armory of uh, the weapons company. NCIS comes around the corner with uh, my commanding officer and, and he says, Marine, stand to and charge your weapon. And I'm like, okay. And what happened was the armorer had stolen a bunch of weapons. He'd stolen some 60 millimeter mortars. He'd stolen some M60 machine guns. Uh, uh, we were still using M16s back at the time. We were called out on the carpet. The next day, the entire, the entire battalion said, we are not going to rest until we find the person that did this. Absolutely. And you know who it turned out to be? Who? The, who I, Eugene Goo. I was sleeping 100 yards away from one of California's most prolific serial killers. What? Yep. What? 
Yep. <laughs> I swear it's true. Wow. Uh, so after he had been dishonorably discharged from the Marine Corps and spent a couple of years in Leavenworth, you know, he went to California and hooked up with this other guy and they went on a serial killing rampage. And I, I can't remember. I, I want to say between 40 and 60 victims. Oh my goodness. So, you know, that, that's, that's just a kind of funny little sidebar. I mean, it, it, it's not funny for the victims, of course, right. and their families, but uh, it, it just shows you how weird things can be, how you can What's be normal in your life one moment, and the next moment, everything's turned upside down. Yes. And that, I'm sure, is, is how Jeremy's feeling right now. I mean, the man's a damn hero, and the government is coming after him with everything they've got. Manufacturing evidence, withholding evidence. Oh, in both of the Judge Farkawi and in Nancy Barron's trial almost declared a mistrial because the government failed to provide my video to the defense and discovery. I had done it myself. Yeah. The, these kind of games, uh, you know, one, once you really look into what's going on with these January 6th trials, it would really blow people's minds, but they just don't know because no one's talking about it. And, and just like you said, you're having a hard enough time trying to get your video out there. That's not something anyone who's watching mainstream media is ever going to see. They don't see the shenanigans that are going on in court. They don't see the withholding of the exculpatory evidence that you can't even talk about January 6th and Jeremy's Tampa trial. You know, it's just all these things. That is when you realize that the justice system has nothing to do with justice. No, it doesn't. And, 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 it breaks my, and it breaks my heart because, you know, I've always grown up from, from a kid. I was taught to respect law enforcement. Okay. Uh, they're here. They're our friends. They're here to protect us from the bad guys. Yes. And turns out that they are the bad guys. But what do you expect from an agency that names its headquarters after a sexual deviant who legally spied on American citizens and then tried to use that information to get them to kill themselves, like in the case of Martin Luther King? Yeah. Okay. So the FBI have, is, has a long history of uh, crooked behavior. Yes. I, want, I watched from... Uh, uh, I watched as FBI a sniper from the FBI's HRG team shot through the roof of Lavoy Fenicum's uh, Ford Bronco as they were going to the sheriff of a neighboring county when uh, the Bundys had taken over the Mollier National Wildlife Refuge, right? Mm -hmm. or, and uh, that FBI agent was arrested for tampering with evidence because he picked up the shell casings and denied that he had taken any shots. And yes. so uh, he went to trial, but for some reason, even though they've got him on video picking up the shell casings and putting them in his pocket, he was found not guilty. Wow. So there's a, there's a, there's definitely a, a two tiered system of justice in, in this, in this country. And, and it's, unacceptable. You're I won't stand right. for it. 
Absolutely. And I will keep on I will keep on fighting for the rights of American citizens and 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 because you know they're not these aren't just our rights are not just something that the founders just thought up one day. They are God-given rights. Okay. The founders simply enumerated them, put them on paper. Yeah. The right to speak freely, the right to protect yourself, the right to uh, not be harassed by the federal government, uh, you know, all this stuff. These, these are all rights given to us by God. And I almost. When they wouldn't let me tell the truth in uh, in in Nancy Burns' trial, I, I, I the the prosecutor was showing the video of me that I'd taken at the at the Columbus doors, but she had rolled it a few seconds past where I was being pushed in. So I I got up and I said, "Your Honor, the prosecution is lying to this court. They're committing a Brady violation right in your face." Oh my goodness! What happened? Nothing. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> here's another little funny thing. Every time the government objected to my testimony or to a piece of uh, some some of my footage, their excuse, their objection was, and I quote from a sidebar that the, the attorneys and judges had, uh, my video and testimony was prejudicial to the government. <laughs> How was that no, so? No kidding. I didn't know there was such a thing. I I didn't either. I thought evidence was evidence. And you take it into court, you the scales of justice, guilty right. or innocent. Okay. Oh. And they are not allowing any uh, evidence that implicates the federal government in one of the, in the most massive crime ever to take place in this country. It was a coup on January 6th designed to cover up the uh, right. stolen uh, November 3rd election because there were five legal challenges from five key swing states, okay, on the floor and they were, uh, they were objecting to uh to those challenges and once the feds are well i'm going to call it a feds erection once that started uh well of course all debate stopped and as soon as congress reconvened all those challenges were dropped that was in my opinion the entire purpose of the feds erection yeah I'd have to agree with you because they rushed right through that thing um, while that was going on. Man, yeah. well, you've dropped a lot of truth bombs today, Bobby. And I just want to thank you for your service because uh, you took that oath and you continue to abide by it, quite frankly. Um, well, I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm, it's not just an oath. It's an oath to God. Okay, and Revelation 21, 8 says all liars and all cowards are going to have their part in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. Okay, you can't put me in one of those categories. I won't allow it. <laughs> I won't take that fishing trip. I really do. That's what I was planning on doing when I was at when I 
retired, I was going to buy a 52 foot fishing boat and, you know, live out my golden years and get my Ernest Hemingway on. But that, that wasn't, that, that wasn't God's plan for my life. Uh, I don't know what his plan for my life is. I, 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 I can't guess what's in other people's minds, much less in the mind of God. But I do know that all things work together for good. Okay. The Bible tells us this, even, uh, even our, uh, trials and tribulations that God allowed the uh, devil to take everything from Job. His children died. His wife died. He lost everything. No money. No, he lost his farm or whatever, you know, homestead, whatever. And he still remained faithful to God. So God will put us through trials and he will put us through tribulation to You know, it, it's just like refining us for that final battle. God, God, the, God, Jesus Christ was not some kind of long-haired socialist hippie running around singing kumbaya. Okay, uh, whenever people ask me, well, what would Jesus do? I'm gonna, I tell them, well, hey, making a whip and beating the crap out of people and flipping over tables is within the realm of possibility. I was just okay. going to say that. <laughs> Great <laughs> minds think alike. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I, I consider Christ to be somewhat of a warrior because he literally jumped on a grenade to save us from the death that we deserve. And all we have to do is, is accept his sacrifice. And, you know, we're golden. And, you you know, do what he says. Repent when you have done wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, do the best you can. Be a, a good Christian. Believe in Jesus Christ. And, and no matter what happens to you, everything is going to turn out the way God wants it to. Okay. And yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Bobby. Let me make sure that everybody knows where to find you. So we're going to go to our. You know, nobody knows where to find me because I'm in a (laughs) fifth wheel moving around Florida, showing my video to any Trump club that'll have me. (laughs) Well, that's perfect. Uh, If anybody is sitting at home, (laughs) they can definitely find you. Please, if you contribute to. Uh, Bobby Powell exposing the Fed's erection and uh, his quest for truth and integrity. So this is givesandgo.com slash Bobby Powell. This is his uh, substack right here. You can go to uh, bobbypowell.substack.com. He's got a lot of great info on there. I suggest that uh, you read it. And then here we go to Bobby Powell. The truth is viral on Rumble. So rumble.com slash user slash Bobby Powell. The truth is viral. Is there anything else? I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Is there anything else that you want to tell the audience? Anything else you'd like them to know? Uh, I would just ask that they go uh, start making phone calls and to, and making phone and, and writing emails 
and dragging these members of the weapon. I mean, the other 13 members of Congress aren't on any, uh, that I've given the video to you aren't on any good committees, but yeah. Jim Jordan, Thomas Massey, Matt Gates, and Greg Stubbe are all on the weaponization committee. Okay. And they, none of them are returning my phone calls. So how about everybody pick up a phone and call their offices? They and just say, Hey, I've seen Bobby Powell's video. And I know that you've had it for two years and you haven't said a word while January 6th prisoners are being tortured in the D.C. gulag. They're being physically abused, medically abused, psychologically tortured to the point of suicide. I yes. want to know why in the hell you're not doing anything about it. That's right. Light those phone lines up. Yes. That's one That's one thing that I have learned in during my career as a journalist is politicians hate bad publicity okay you drag their name through the mud long enough and hard enough and strong enough and eventually they will bend to your will okay. i found that out when uh in 2012 my representative up in michigan first congressional district uh, Con congressman dan benishek uh broke his promise to only stay in Congress for two terms, and he was running for a third. And uh, at the same time, National Defense Authorization Act 2012 came out. Sections 1021 and 1022 authorized the United States military to arrest any United States citizen without a warrant, hold them indefinitely without a trial, and not even inform their uh, families that they have been taken and even rend and they could, they could even rendition them to foreign shores where they would undoubtedly be tortured. So I, I was after Congressman Benishek for over, about a year, uh, trying to, trying to get, uh, get, get him to say something. So why, why are you voting for this legislation that allows the federal government to kidnap Michigan citizens? Yes. Okay. So, so when he starts his third campaign, now I'm getting serious. So I tell Dan Vinashek, I'm saying, look, every single rally that you have, every appearance at every blue haired lady hair shop, every bowling alley, every bar, every place that you go, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to ask you that question. Three weeks later, Congressman Vinashek dropped out of the race. Good job. It Bobby. can be done. Yeah. Now let's get it done. Let's get it done. And like Jeremy says, whatever you do, don't do nothing. So a lot of people always wonder what they can do. There you go. Bobby Powell's giving you some homework to do. Give these That's people right. a call and let them know you've seen his video. Well, thank you very much, Bobby. Just sit tight. I'm going to play our little outro and we hope to have you again soon on the fusion cell. And thank you for being our first interviewee. No, oh, it's been my honor. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, I, I just, it it really is because in my in my estimation jeremy really is a hero this yes. country oh this country owes him more than what he's getting he, they, they at least owe him justice you're okay? absolutely he's right not, they he, have no idea he's not getting that yeah so right. uh tell jeremy i said hi tell him the marines have landed we are <laughs> on the case <laughs> i sure will <laughs> I sure will. Everybody have a great night and whatever you do, don't do nothing. That's
Outstanding. World domination. Same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. freedom and that government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth it was a great word